lots of stories in this comics too. There are plays and songs, but you don't hear them, do you? Yes, it's sad to tell you, but you need to know. No one reads Wexwork.com, it is all a myth that Jordan perpetuates. No one reads Wexwork.com, it would not hold up if someone investigates. With a couple of posts But they looked the names up They belonged to ghosts I regret to tell you That it's all a lie No one reads Waxwork.com It is all a myth That Jordan perpetuates No one reads Waxwork.com Someone investigates, no one reads Waxwork.com It is all a myth that Jordan perpetuates No one reads Waxwork.com It would not hold up if someone investigates Yeah, yeah Oh, yeah Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cast and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White, and are you ready? For the beginnings of the amazing reality show, Recast in Wax. We have the very first of our three all-new shows recasting our co-hosts into each other's roles here on Recast in Wax. Up first, well, I don't want to spoil it. We'll get to it. You probably already saw, but we're going to talk about what we got coming up soon. But let me introduce all of our contestants for you today. My name is Jordan D. White, and right here next to me is Mr. Frank Allen. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you doing today, Jordan? I'm very good, Frank. I'm very good. Are you excited about the competition? Absolutely. I am confident that I can win this. Of the three of us, I am the only person who has made a professional living as a host of a an entertainment program. Well, oh, that's sort of... Well, no, no, you're right. I'm the only one. Rory has done his readings, and Scape has done uh, nothing, really. Well, that's what I was going to say. Scape has not ever hosted a show uh, professionally, but he was a unwilling porn star for a while there. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. I am the only one who actually intended to do entertainment and successfully did so. That's a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment. What are you? So what are your qualifications besides that? Well, like I said, I'm a host. I'm a professional host. I've been hosting uh, segments of this show since the very first episode of this show. I am a professional. I'm a consummate professional. I'm an interviewer. I'm a news reporter. I'm a, you know, everything that you can imagine where someone talks to a, a, a thing for uh, a profession. That's probably something that I've done. Dog trainer? No, when I said a thing, I meant like a, a recording device. Okay, that makes a lot more sense.
All right, well, let me bring over contestant number two, Mr. Rory Sinjin. Hello, Jordan. Thank you very much for having me on the show. It's my pleasure, Rory. It's my pleasure. Uh, how are you feeling about the competition? Frank's very confident, but I heard a rumor that you feel you have the inside track. Can you tell me about that? Absolutely, I can. I think I do have the inside track because I have discovered a world in which I have won every single competition I've ever done. So this could be that world. No, it couldn't. But, uh, hold on, Frank. Hold on. You'll get your chance in a moment. Uh, Rory, I, but I, I do recall that you have lost things in the past. For example, you, you lost a trial where you were defending yourself against charges. No, of, no, no. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not talking about that. Uh, I, there's also a world, well, let me let me point out, where I win everything starting down. Where I, before this, I might have won or lost, but starting right now, I always win going forward. The point is, look, as a historian, I know how this is going to turn out. So, ah, is that how history works? The future is history someday. And as someone who studies history, I will someday know the future. Therefore, I know the future as a person who studies history. All right, all right. That does make a lot of sense. And our final contestant is Mr. Scape White. And by Mr., I mean a small gray cat. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, Dad. I think I'm going to win this. And why do you think you're going to win this? Because you're my dad, so you're going to make me win. No, no, Scape. I love you as your dad, but I'm not going to make you win just because you're my son. Well, and my son, adopted cat son. Uh, it, it's not even up to me who wins. It's going to be up to the listening public who wins. They're going to be voting on this. Oh, well, then in that case, I'm definitely going to win. Well, wait, what makes you so sure of that? Because I, everybody who listens to your podcast loves me, and everybody who listens to your podcast thinks those two guys suck. Oh, escape. That's not a nice thing to say, and not necessarily true. It's pretty true, Dad. Did you ever hear? There's people who really think Rory is a jerk, and everybody knows Frank Aaron's a jerk. I see. Are you going to just let him say that? Well, like I said last time, smack talking is part of the game, so. Well, then I'm going to win. No, no, I'm going to win first. I'm going to win harder. That doesn't mean anything. Well, guys, okay, guys, guys, settle down. I'm still doing my little pre-interview with Scape. So, Scape, I'm glad you're full of so much confidence. And uh, as as people might already realize, you're going to be presenting your show today. Is that correct? Absolutely. I did record it. It's super awesome. And I think that you will all agree that I am the awesomest person in the world. That's some pretty bold statements right there. That's some pretty bold statements. Before we get to your show, we are going to get to it. Uh, it's going to be right smack dab in the middle of our serials. But before we get to that, uh, we do have some other stuff. We've got a whole bunch of listener mail to get to this time. So I'm going to start us off with our audio letter right now. Good day! This is Lord Percival Knifehammer, broadcasting directly from Knifehammer Manor on the pools of the moon. Enjoying a delicious bowl of cottage cheese produced by my glorious cottage cows on my glorious lunar estate. I have recorded this audio missive in order to let you know about the episode of Slam Jackson, my mortal nemesis that you are about to hear. It is an episode that should especially please my glorious countryman, Rory Sinjun, since it is an exercise entirely in extra history. It was written by one Jacob Thompson. After only hearing one episode of Slam Jackson, the first episode of Slam Jackson, which included Percival Lifehammer, which is me almost defeating Slam Jackson as I someday shall do. So sit back, relax, enjoy my calming voice as I battle again against that nefarious Jackson in a world perhaps somewhat divergent from our own. 
Now that is truly fascinating. Uh, Rory, uh, you are our resident expert in extra history, and they mentioned you in that audio letter for that purpose. What do you think about this concept? The idea of an episode of Slam Jackson that takes place in another world, uh, and, and basically an extra historical episode, is absolutely fascinating and wonderful. As someone who has discovered many other worlds through many methods, I can wholeheartedly endorse the idea of creating, or should I say rather not creating, but discovering other worlds in which other Slam Jacksons are doing other things by just writing strange episodes of the series, that's a really amazing way and innovative way to discover other worlds. It's not one that I've ever used personally, but at this point I could. For example, actually, I could just theorize off the top of my head, There, there's a world where Slam Jackson is an elephant. Did you know that? I, I did know that because I, actually I did an episode of uh, Hellworld Jackson. I think we aired that, didn't we? Yes, yes, you did. Yeah, we did an episode of Hellworld Jackson, which was an alternate reality version of Slam Jackson as well. And that character, I believe, came from the episode of Slam Jackson that you were in, showing lots of alternate reality versions of Slam Jackson. Absolutely correct. That is absolutely correct. So I'm looking very much forward to this um, strange and unusual episode of Slam Jackson. That is pretty cool, and that is pretty exciting. Um, all right, why don't we just jump right into it then and listen to this alternate reality extra historical episode of Slam Jackson Adventurist. Slam Jackson! Adventurist! By Jacob Thompson. Episode B, Slam Jackson's 24 Time Zone Turmoil. Our story opens with Slam Jackson, private investigator and famed adventurist. <sighs> cooling his heels in Antarctica. Yes, Antarctica. What a head trip. The case of the missing ice having been closed, that frigid fraternizer with the famed unfortunate is attempting to do the impossible. And off we go. Eastern, Western, Hawaiian, Chinese, Greenwich, and miscellaneous Atlantic Ocean stuff, and back to Eastern again. Have I got the world record, Sir Malcolm? Regrettably, sir, you do. At 24 hours and 15 seconds. With all due respect, I would disallow this gimmick were the decision mine. Do you mean adding 24 hours to my boomerang hang time by throwing it through every time zone on Earth? Exactly. Besides, I would rather not need to travel to the South Pole to verify any record. It's rather chilly here. I don't care what you think. If somebody else wants to take the trouble to come to the South Pole to beat my record, they're welcome. Anyone but him. Would it be too much to ask for you to provide me with an introduction to this gentleman? He's Lord Percival Knifehammer, my arch-enemy. Interesting. Shall I attempt to find some hiding place in this barren landscape? I don't think that would help anyone. Very well. Just be aware that you are slowly burning your bridges with the Guinness Book of World Records organization. Salutations, hated foe! I have come once again to foil your accursed dreams! I already tossed my boomerang and set a world record. That he scarcely deserves. I shall world record your boomerang! That was mine. Never again shall this monstrous superweapon menace humankind! Do you even know what a boomerang is? Nay, but if you enjoyed it, no good could have come of it! A boomerang is a curved stick, which flits along a circular path and ultimately returns to the thrower. 
Nice try, but attempting to inform him is useless. His mind is settled. To the icy heart of the cosmos with ye! Report! To the edge of the universe that Lord Percival Knifehammer sent you! Hmm. It appears likely that I shall have to traverse this frozen landscape to evaluate a new distance record. You shall validate nothing, for I have jettisoned this boomerang to parts unknown. How did you find me, Percy? It was a simple matter of harnessing satellite imagery, GPS, and the common sense I got from my dear old mother. Surely you must have some grand purpose of villainy to seek such a remote location. I did not get that impression. If you tracked me so easily, how hidden was I? What's more, are villains truly needed anymore? Chunks of ice the size of small nations are breaking off this continent into the sea, where they will melt and flood coastal cities. What with all the unintended consequences of heroism of a grand scale, this is a time of existential crisis for heroes and villains alike. Silence! I have discerned your scheme, and you shall melt no continents on my watch! Global Greenhouse Gas Emissions. I see! The gauntlet is raised! But I will stop your so-called greenhouse gases! Okay, fine. Just leave me be. If you care so much about the environment now, you can help the Sierra Club or something. This ruse is as transparent as all your prior attempts at trickery! I shall not deliver myself naively to this sinister club. They will receive my visit, for I shall punch each member in the face individually. When I have completed this task, the living shall envy the dead. The next time I see you, Jackson, I will have triumphed over your cronies and will laugh in your face most heartily. Like so. Ha! 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 Jeez, that was even more irritating than usual. Uh, by the way, I'm ready to leave. Duck! Incoming boomerang! Ow. Oh no, did he defeat my record? Did Lord Knifehammer break Slam Jackson's record? Will anyone be able to surpass it? Can we go somewhere that is not so freaking cold? Join us again, Icy Spectators, for a hopefully more temperate episode of Slam Jackson. Adventurist! In that extra-historical episode of Slam Jackson, Adventurist, the narrator was Mickey Weishner, Slam Jackson was Jack Coonrat, Sir Malcolm Guinness was Patrick Maguire, and Lord Percival Knifehammer was Charles Berman. Thank you very much, Rory. That was freaking great. Just so everybody knows, that episode was hilarious. And no, it doesn't quite fit with the concept of Slam Jackson because it uses the same... But it's great. It's great. That was really funny. Um. Oh, for those of you who... uh 
didn't make the connection, I will point out. It was written by Jacob Thompson. He wrote uh, the the show Excellent Job Opportunities for the End of the World, which aired 101 episodes ago, which was the inspiration for Recast in Wax. Speaking of Recast in Wax, how are my contestants doing? Frank Allen, how did you enjoy that episode of Slam Jackson? I thought it was really well done as well. I agree that Jacob did a really nice job, even though he did not uh, uh, follow what would become the Slam Jackson template, as heard in the template terror. Uh, he did He did make a very entertaining episode. I'm glad you feel that way. I'm glad you feel that way. Um, Frank, while we are on the subject of things, uh, I want to point out we have a piece of listener mail for you. And it has to do slightly with that episode, because that episode took place in Antarctica, which is a very cold place. And I think I would be willing to bet, uh, would you not agree, that Slam and the narrator and uh, Guinness and possibly Knifehammer were probably wearing a lot of clothing because they were so cold down there, right? Yeah, no, of course, that makes sense. Right. So how do you then answer, Frank, this email? Dear Frank, I don't know how you cannot believe that clothes make you colder. I was at the beach this week, and it was really hot, and I had hardly any clothes on. Then later, I put some clothes on, and people said I was cool. That's pretty goddamn obvious if you ask me. Are you some kind of moron? Pete Menard, professor of thermal physics, University of Ultima Thule. Can you explain that, sir? Well, yeah. There, there's different meanings to the word cool. But as explained on the last episode, Frank, all strange idioms have some basis in truth. So if they're saying cool as in trendy and awesome, and they're saying that clothes make that person cool, doesn't it stand to reason that on some level, wearing clothes cools you down? No, it doesn't stand. To, that's not the reason. To, like I said, it it probably has to do I with... I don't know what you're about to say, but I, this is a professor of thermal physics. Thermal physics professor that is saying that it makes you cool to wear clothes and that not wearing clothes makes you hot. Can you explain that? Well, let me just say I can't explain that. Not... Why he's saying that, I can explain that part. He's an idiot. The part I can't explain is why someone who is an idiot was hired as a professor of thermal physics when they clearly know nothing about the actual nature of the thermal universe. Ha! I beg to differ. He's a professor. Yes, but being a professor... See, now, you, you are having a lot of trouble with causality. Being a professor does not make you smart. Making yourself smart makes it more likely that someone will hire you as a professor. That's why I'm saying, clearly this gentleman is not smart. That's why it is baffling to me that he was hired as a professor. Insulting our listeners, probably not the best way to win this contest, Frank Allen. I know one person who probably won't be voting for you in Recast and Wax. Um, Professor Menard, uh, thank you for writing into us. Frank Allen's a jerk. He does not say things on behalf of the entire uh, show, just so you know. And speaking of people who don't speak on behalf of the show, let me turn back to Rory Sinjin. Rory, we've got an episode of This Day in History and Celebrity Where Are They Now in History Now, don't we? Um, well, uh, it's funny that you mention that. We do have an episode of This Day in History, uh, but we do not have an episode of Celebrity Where Are They Now in History. We have instead an episode of Where Are They Now in History. Oh, uh, okay. What? Why is why why is that? I'm sure I'm sure you just wanted to show off for the the competition of recast and wax. Well, that that certainly is is something I I do want to do, but that's not why. Um, the actual reason is um, hmm. 
well, if, as you recall, we were doing Celebrity Weather Now in History because we had been given a grant from the uh, June T. Loveberger Charitable Trust. Do you remember this? Of course. Of course I remember that. It was a, a grant that was only to be used on your segment of the show. Yes, well, um, unfortunately, one of the conditions of the grant was that we mention it every episode and mention Ms. Loveberger and our thanks to her every episode. And unfortunately, you have not mentioned it, sir, in many episodes. So, in fact, uh, she has rescinded the grant. What? But, but Rory, she's your girlfriend. Why don't you just... Talk to her. Uh, Jordan, now, come on. What? I'm not going to use my personal connections. Listen, it's not that big of a deal. You you had a grant, now you've lost it. I mean, it's not what I would have done if I was in your shoes. It was a grant that only affected your part of the show. Why would I give a crap about your stupid part of the show? I mean, you know what? It's not a big deal because it was paying to fly you to America, and now you've got lots of money so you can fly yourself to America. Yes, and I do. You know, I, I'm already coming here for my job as part of the Hirohito Loveberger Institute of Extra Historical Studies, of course, and as part of, you know, just seeing my girlfriend, as you said. Right, so then wh- I don't understand. Why don't you just pay the celebrities yourself? Uh, she was paying the celebrities to come in and do the show. Well, I mean, Jordan, I, I'm not going to spend my money on this show. You know, it's, this is something I do on the side for fun. Rory, you have a lot of money! <laughs> yes, but I'm not going to keep it if I'm spending it on frivolous things. There's no reason to get celebrities to do this when I'm perfectly capable of doing it myself. Perhaps when the next semester begins, I can have students from the Hirohito Loveberger Institute come in and, you know, do guest spots. But for now, I, I, I'm getting back to doing it myself, and I'm enjoying it. I don't see the problem. Well, there's no, pro- there's no problem. But, I'm look, I'm just, I'm aggravated because I feel like you're being very lackluster about this. Anyway, look, I, it, again, it was a grant that was your stupid part of the show. You should have said it. You should have said it in the segment, thanks to the Loveburger Trust of Fun. That's not what it's called, Jordan. Well, whatever it's called, you should have said it. You should have made sure it was said. Because it's not, why is it my responsibility? I didn't even get to touch a cent of that money. It is your podcast, you know, when it was technically awarded to you. That's That's ridiculous. Okay. Now that I'm all worked up and angry and don't like you, why don't we get to your segment of the show? That sounds fair. Hello and welcome to This Day in History. My name is Rory Sinjin and this is WHRW Binghamton. Back on August 5th, 1945, an American B-29 bomber, the Enola Gay, drops the world's first atom bomb over the city of Hiroshima. Approximately 80,000 people are killed as a direct result of the blast, and another 35,000 are injured. At least another 60,000 would be dead by the end of the year from the effects of the fallout. Oh, what is this life worth? Why am I still here? What is it doing for me to spend every day having meaningless interactions with other Japanese Hiroshima people and researching after this elusive quantity of money, this... It's nothing. Yeah, yeah, good news, good news. Look to the sky. Americans. Yes, they will will remove our misery from us. I'll tell them we're here and tell them to drop bombs on me. Down here, sirs, down here. Hello, B-29 bomber. Yes, hello. It's me. My name is Iesato. I am a very sad Japanese man in Hiroshima. Please drop bombs on me and all these other guys that are making my life miserable. Well, roger that. Okay, bye. Boom! Hey, Jack. Yeah? Good thing we had all those extra bombs lying around the plane. Tell me about it. No, really, tell me about it. Wow, that was um, quite depressing. If it depressed you, make sure that you seek help rather than trying to take matters into your own hands because um, suicide's bad and living is probably better. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. I can't believe we played that on the radio. 
My name is Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And let me tell you something about that sad Japanese man. He was depressed, and as a result, the Americans blew up an entire city of people. That's a very terrible way to commit suicide, but you know what? It doesn't matter how you commit suicide. Suicide, in general, is not the answer. He could have turned to his friend and said, You know what? We're both pretty depressed. I'm sure there's something we can do. And the other excitable one could have said, Well, you know what we could do is call Suicide Prevention Hotline, and they could have talked instead of talking to a bomber to a suicide prevention hotline who would have been nice and helped them realize that they had many options other than killing themselves. And if there is a chemical problem with them that is making them chemically depressed, there are treatments that they could get so that they could be chemically balanced and become happier people. You're probably wondering what happened to the bombers, and I'll tell you. They flew around Japan for a while, but nothing happened, so they went back to America. And Truman said, why didn't you drop the bomb? And they said, no one wanted it. And Truman said, no one has to be blown up. And they said, no, no one did. And he said, oh, my plan didn't work. I'm so depressed. Why don't you just drop the bomb here? And he blew up all of Washington, D.C. And that was the wrong thing to do, too. He should have called a prevention hotline. My name is Roy Sinjin, and make sure if you are depressed, you get some serious help. This is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. All right, well, that was, I mean, that was good. It, it, it turned out pretty well because you actually gave a good public service announcement and said some things that are, are, are positive and um, helpful to the world. So thank you, Rory, uh, for doing that. You're welcome. Now, bear in mind, audience, the quality of Rory's This Day in History and Where Are They Now in History shouldn't really affect how you vote in the in the larger Recast and Wax segment. Well, if I may, Jordan, to some extent, I think you can see that my commitment to quality programming, as evidenced in this day in history and where are they now in history, will be something that I do carry forward into those. So on some level, you can know that as someone who is committed to that high level of quality, I will continue to bring it when I get to do more episodes of the show that I'm doing. Okay, yes, on that level and on that level only, we can do that. Um, but, but Rory, we actually have a letter here uh, that I would like you to, uh, to listen to. An answer to, if you could, because it is on the subject of extra history. Oh, um, yes, please. Okay, um, dear Rory, please ignore the undignified entreaties for help that I made to you in my last message. While several sources have indicated to me that extra history has been somewhat discredited in some parts of the USA by my actions, I have been taking steps to recuperate its reputation, in Europe at least. The humble extra historical ventures here in the UK and on the continent that I have undertaken in order to prepare myself for your surely glorious upcoming class have been fairly well received. For instance, one newspaper mentioned that Jean-Baptiste Saint-Seraph will forever be the sole face of successful extra-historical readings. Of course, I wrote in asking him to add, and he is also a very good French translator. Looking forward to learning everything you know at the Institute. See Jean-Baptiste Saint-Seraph. You know, Jordan, I don't know why you find it necessary to pronounce it with that ridiculous French accent. You can just say his name, you know, Jean, Jean-Baptiste Saint-Seraph. Rory, I'm surprised at you. As someone whose name could easily be pronounced St. John. No, that's different because that's English. You're speaking English, so you should pronounce it in the English way. We're not speaking French, so I don't see a problem calling him Mr. St. Seraph. Mr. St. Seraph, let me tell you something. I'm, I'm overjoyed that you are so excited to come to the Hirohito Loveberger Institute for Extra Historical Studies and that you are so gloriously interested in learning from me everything that I can teach you. And I'm thrilled that I'm going to be able to teach you these things. I am so happy that we will be collaborating in the future. But let me just say, if you look at the fine print of the full scholarship that you are receiving, I'm afraid you'll notice that one of the things down there in the fine print is that you are not allowed to engage in any extra historical activities outside of school without written permission from your advisor. As the only person at the Institute that you have been talking to so far, I am your advisor, and therefore 
I'm afraid I must ask that you stop doing any extra history at all outside of school. I really must insist, and it's not because I don't think you're doing good work. I think you are doing good work, and that's really wonderful. That's really, really wonderful. But it's because I want you to do even better work, and I know that as your advisor and as your instructor and as, I think in many ways, your mentor, I will be able to mold you into the type of extra historian that the Hirohito Loveberger Institute will be proud to put out on a regular basis. So please, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to be fudging the rules just a bit because you should be just stripped of your scholarship for having done these things already. But I am so fond of you, Mr. St. Seraph, that I want to give you a second chance. Just cease immediately all European extra-historical activities. Cease immediately all American extra-historical activities. And if you need something to fill your time with, I would recommend beginning your studies early by memorizing the encyclopedia. I think that's a very useful thing for an extra-historian, so I would get started on that um, Probably on the A volume, it's best to start at the beginning and go straight through, or there is a plot that you can follow. Not many people know that, because people don't read it from start to finish. The point is, Mr. St. Seraph, I do think you have big things in your future, and I don't want you to sully them by starting your career too early. So please, for the sake of your career, cease all extra-historical activities. Thank you very much. Oh, that's very, very nice of you, Rory, to give him such wonderful advice. Uh, Mr. St. Seraph, that's his name, Mr. St. Seraph. Thank you for writing in to us. Um, now, the time has come, everyone, for the moment you've all been waiting for, the premiere of this week's Recast in Wax episode. As I said, it's Mr. Scape White's turn. Scape, what are you presenting to us? I am presenting to you now the first episode of many of the series Scape Debate. Excellent, excellent. And what exactly is Scape Debate? Scape Debate is a series in which I, Scape White, will debate with someone. A very straightforward premise. It's a very straightforward show. Excellent. Good, good. Audiences like things that are simple and straightforward. I agree. All right, well, why don't we just be even more straightforward and just jump right into it? That is what we should do. Here we go. Escape debate. Escape debate. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Scape Debate. My name is Scape White, and uh, this is the show where I will do a debate. I will debate a thing with a person, okay? So, person number one for episode number one is uh, this guy who uh, I guess you heard about one time. His name is Mars Marcel Silver. This is Marcel Silver, host. Uh, I heard of that show. That's about Frank Allen. Toll Watch is one of the most hard-hitting programs about watching assholes that's on the air today. Gabe Pornko's deep-seeing investigation into assholes on every week. Okay, well, that's fine. But I want to tell you, everybody who's listening, I think you know that we're having a debate. And so here's what we are debating. I think that food is good and I should eat it, but this guy thinks, no, you shouldn't eat food. So I think that I'm going to win this debate. But, well, well, why don't you eat, you, why don't we let you start? You could tell us why you shouldn't eat any food. All right, Scape, to clarify my argument, what I'm driving at is that overeating is a huge problem in America today. And here's why. If you're trying to watch a program like Apple Watch, if you're trying to watch an a person who's overeaten is going to have a much less fun to watch than someone who has one. Just imagine someone's was on the air, you're trying to watch a porn video, and out of this 
asshole comes all sorts of crap. It's extremely off-putting, and only a small segment of our audience at Gay Porn Co. is going to want to watch that. Wait, However, uh, wait, are you talking about are you talking about poop? Yes. Oh. That's another word for crap. Oh. Now, just imagine that scape. Imagine an exciting porno with an asshole right in the center of the screen. I don't know what I exciting porno is. I wa When I go poop, I go in the box. But you know what? I only have to poop if I eat food. And you gotta eat food first. That's important. That's what causes the poop. Oh. The, the poop problem, which is a problem in some in some pornos. Just imagine. Just imagine this porno. There's an asshole there. And I, I don't you know, know what a porno is. Uh, look, I'm, I'm Put one on for you. This one's called Exciting Animal Pose we, 5. We're doing, uh, we're doing an audio show. Well, I was just going to show you so you knew what we were talking about. Okay. All right. We'll just show. Yeah. Now, this is starring uh, Bonzo the Elephant and Scape the Cat. No, wait, wait. Who? Bonzo the Elephant and Scape the Cat. I'm Scape the Cat. Yes. This is the one with you in it. I don't remember. Well, look. I'll, I'll show you. All right. Here's the, here's the off. Why did you show me that? Well, that's what an exciting porno. No, that was terrible. If that, okay, if you are saying the choice is you either eat food or an elephant does that, I would rather eat food. And I know. Well, I'm saying if you eat too much food, then while the elephant does that, it's also pooping. I don't... What, the elephant is pooping if I eat food? No, no. You're pooping. If you eat food, the elephant's pooping. If, if it eats food, anyone that eats food ends up pooping. Okay. And but, that ruins porn. But it's not all about... It's not all about elephants, okay? Sometimes you get hungry and your stomach is like, hey... Uh, hey, Scape, do you want to give me some food? Because I, I am, I feel like I don't have any food, but I would like to have some food. Yeah, but you, you have to do that sometimes, but not very much. Not very especially if, yeah, much. Especially if, if you're going to be in a porn later that day. Well, I'm not. Or, or ever. You, Never. You, you should just try and avoid food. Never again. Because it could make you, it could, it could ruin that. I mean, imagine, imagine we're, we're trying to make a porn and there's all sorts of crap all over that hole and it, it, it could just ruin the, the view. It's it's just something that should be avoided if possible. Sometimes you have to do it. But okay, ideally uh, overeating is a problem and this is why. Okay, let me tell you something, okay? I have an expert on the phone who wants to talk about this, but but I have to go in the other room. But you listen to the expert, okay? Uh, well, uh, all right, you're the host. I'll, yeah, but I'll be right back. I'll be right back. This is Scape Debate with <laughs> Marcel Philbert. Hello, Let's I am an expert. Phone. I'm an expert on the phone. Hello. Hello, this sounds a lot like Scape. No, my name is not Scape. My name is, uh... Marcel. Okay, Marcel. What's your uh, what's your profession? What's your field of expertise? I'm a I'm a I'm a food expert. All right. So, what do you have to contribute to the discussion? We're we're debating whether reading overreading is a problem in America today. Oh well, let me tell you. Uh, I make all the food and uh, I do it so you would eat it. So if you don't eat it, I will cry. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. One of the villains of overreading in America today has come on the program right now. No, One no. of the providers of the greater supply of food that is causing people to eat too much and causing all the bowel problems that this country is suffering. How do you sleep at night, sir? No, I sleep on a bed, but I, I just I make all the food for all the good people of the world. And how do you justify this? How do I justify this um with by saying 
do you want some food? I don't know. I just wanted your car and say Scape is right. Okay, gotta go. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, only a prophet. Hey, 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 I'm back. It's me, Scape. I'm back. Scape, you should have caught that expert. How craven, how unrepentant they are, the people that provide this overeating fodder, this extra surplus of food for the country. Oh, well, did he say I was right, or...? In his villainous opinion, yes. Okay, so that's a point for me. Okay, Scape, but wait, 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 hold on a minute. Yeah? I think I'm getting a call on my cell phone from another expert. Oh, I, that's highly unorthodox. Well, just just hold on a moment. Okay. I'll be right back while oh, I find Okay, it. bye. Uh, I'll see you later. So, anybody... Oh, I, wait, I, 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 oh. I'm an expert. I'm an expert. Oh, there's an expert. Hi, yeah. who, who is this? I I didn't know there was going to be a real expert. How, who is this? My name is Marty Gold. I'm an expert. Oh, uh, hi, expert. So, tell us that I'm right. Oh, I'm afraid I can't do that. I'm afraid that Marcel Silvers is right. He's right about just about everything. Wait. Are you so your expert? Yes, I'm a big expert. Uh, I don't know, because if you're an expert, you'd say I was right. Nope, I'm a total expert. I know everything about this subject. Okay, tell me everything about the subject. Oh, first of all, food. There's lots of kinds of food. Uh, some grows in the ground. Those are grains. And if you grow too much of them, eat too much, you blow up and you have lots of explosive uh, things that you don't want to do it. And it ruins your asshole, just like he was saying. Why are you so obsessed with the poop and the butt? Oh. I only mentioned it once. I'm a new expert. Oh, oh. Okay, so basically what I'm getting from this is I'm right. No, no, Marcel Silvers is right. Well, but if you, what if you look at it the other way? Then whoever looked at it the other way it would be wrong. Wait, wait. Did you just say if a thing grows out of the ground, it's called grain? Yes. And that's food? Yes, yes, yes it is. Do you know if it's food, that means you're supposed to eat it? Not all of the food. If you eat everything that's food, you die. But if you don't eat it... It's not food. Yes, it is. You can buy a can of food and leave it in the fridge. I I don't know why you would put a can in the fridge, but you can buy a steak and put it in the fridge and just leave it there and not cook it until it goes bad. But you still bought food. You bought it in the supermarket. If it goes bad, it's not food. You shouldn't eat it. Not food anymore, but it was food. But it's only food when you can eat it. Yeah, but then it goes bad and it stops being food. So if I'm like, hey, what's that next to you? And you say food, I could be like, I don't believe you. Prove it. And then you have to eat it to prove it. No, I could show that it came from a supermarket. That's not enough. They sell things at a supermarket that's not food. But there's a nutrition label on it and things like that. It shows it's food. Oh, you trust the government now? The government doesn't do that. The supermarket does and the the food company does. No, no, no. All I'm saying is the only way to prove that something is edible is to eat it. But you don't need to prove that everything's edible. It causes... No, you only need to prove that food is edible. Duh. You can't prove that other things are because they're not food. Once science has discovered, for instance, that broccoli is edible, we don't need to prove that every piece of broccoli is also edible. How can you... But you just said sometimes they go bad. So it's like, hey, is that food gone bad? I don't know. You can tell when you look at it. Nope. Anyway, I just wanted to say that Marcel Silvers is right, absolutely, and you're wrong. I think if Marcel Silvers was here, he would say you were wrong. So. Well, I, I say that he's right. So let's see what happens when he gets back. Well, we'll see. Okay. Uh, okay, bye. Bye, bye. So anyway. Oh, I, I just got back. Oh, hi, Marcel Silvers. The guy who just called said I was right. So. I, are you sure you heard him? Right? Yeah, yeah. So he said, that's two points for me. They Both callers said I was right 100%. So. This, 
this show is fixed. I think this show is totally fixed. It's not fixed yet, but by the end of it, it will be totally fixed. We have fixed... The, that's why we have a debate, to fix the topic. Ladies and gentlemen of the audience, you heard what he said. This debate is fixed. You heard what the experts said. You were listening. Not yet! It's not fixed until I solve it! In conclusion, overeating is a huge problem in this country, because the more people overeat, the more crap they produce, which ruins porns and makes holes unattractive. Okay, in actual conclusion, I will say the, tri- the real answer. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you see some food, you don't know if it's edible until you eat it. You have to eat it. Okay? That's what I do. When I see food, I'm like, let's find out. And I do it. I eat it. Sometimes it's like, oh, that's not meat. That's like, <sighs> that's like an orange. I'm not gonna, that's not, you can't eat that. That's not food. You can eat an orange. No, I can't. It's gross. So don't eat oranges. Oranges are actually very good food. They're, they're healthy. No. Did you ever he- eat one? Yes. Ew, you're sick. No, I feel fine. Well, I don't think so. But I, look, is that your final argument? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Well, my final argument is food is good for you. So, now we will let the, the host decide and, uh, I, the host? I decide I was right. Everybody, food is good. Wait a minute. Proving- I'm also a host. No, no. I decide that food is only good in moderation. No. Well, so it's good. Only in moderation. You shouldn't eat very much of it. So it's good. In moderation. So it's, you're gonna say, the beginning part says food is good. In moderation. No, say the beginning part. Food is good. Okay, good. So, wait, the wait, end. Wait. No, that's it. The end. <laughs> Scapey wins. Free, free wait, points. No. First expert, second expert, and the other debater all say Scape was right. Uh, no, I don't. Well, you I, said food is good, so... No, but uh, in moderation, it's, all, it's only good in moderation that you shouldn't have very much Okay, I know how to explain that, too. You ready? Yeah. If you have a piece of food, okay, yeah. and you're like, hey, how do I find out if this food is good? You think, have, have I eaten enough today already? Am I going to be in no, a no. porn later? I will tell you, here's how. You go, I have to do some moderation about whether this food is good. So then you eat it, and you go, hmm, as the moderator, I declare this food good. Well, that's a very sophisticated use of the word moderate. Thank you very but much. You're, that's not what I meant by it at well, all. That's what you said. So, okay, that's the end of the debate. Congratulations, Scapey. You are our champion, and you get to go on forever. And if you like this show, then you should, you know, tell everybody that it's the best show, just like Marcel Silvers did. Well, Scape, this has definitely been instructive, even though it's been completely unfair. Uh, I, just, though, I, I, I noticed places on the show you liked food a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. you know, I happen to have some extra cat food in my car. Okay. I, I'm not sure if you wanted to come down and get some with well, you. Well, I'm not allowed to leave the house, so... Well, I mean, it wouldn't be for very long Could at all. Could you bring it up to me? I, it's it's very heavy. It's so much food. I mean... Oh, is it a lot of food? Well, yeah, it's the whole back of the car. Full of Whoa. Food. Could you drive it up? No, not at all. Car's too wide to go up your stairs. Oh. It doesn't even work. My dad, I don't think my dad will let me come down. Well, just ask him tomorrow once you get back with the food. Ask him tomorrow if I can leave? I don't... How do I... I don't get it. Oh, come down and get the food and then ask your dad tomorrow if it was all right. Huh. Maybe. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, Maybe that will work. Okay, cool. Come uh, on. Okay, so Scape, did you finish the show? What's going on, guys? Yeah, hey. we're, we're just going downstairs to finish it. What? You, well, the recording stuff is up here, so you can't go down. You got some. It's about food. We're using some food downstairs to, to finish the debate. Yeah, Dad, he's got uh, a whole car full of food. What? Uh, well, we've got moist food right over here. I can give you some right now. Okay. Oh, you're going to run like out it. of that. I, well, I could eat it right now. But your dad's going to run out. Look, Marcel! Marcel! You lost the debate. If there is food, you have to eat it. It's right. Right there, I have to go eat it, so. But, oh. Okay, I'll see you later. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Bye.
Want to watch some TV, Jordan? Uh, no, I gotta go feed him. So, uh, thank you for coming by. Oh, yeah, sure. Anytime, anytime. I'll stop by again. Bye. Wow. Guys, wow, that was the very first episode of the Scape debate. Hopefully everybody enjoyed that just as much as I did, if not more. Scape, is there anything you want to say to people about the Scape debate? Yes! What I want to say is, I think you should vote for the Scape debate. Don't even wait to hear the other ones, just vote no, immediately. No, 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 you can't, no, that's not, they're not allowed to vote yet. Dad, I think once you hear that episode, you're like, I want to hear more of this. There's no possible way that whatever these two guys could do... Is even close. Well, d- regardless of whether or not that is the feeling in the minds of every one of our listeners, we need them to listen to the other ones first. They can they can sit there the entire time they're listening to Frank and Rory's segments and just go, yep, this is not as good, but they still don't vote yet. If you vote early, I'm not going to count that vote. I'm not going to count any votes that come in before I ask for people to vote, okay? So, Scape, now that you know that, is there anything that you want to say? Yes, guys, just don't even listen to the other No, two. they have, they should listen to them. Just let, if you're confident that you're going to win, oh, yeah. g- good, then, then in that case, then you shouldn't worry about it. People will, can listen to the other segments, and then they can decide, and then they can vote. No, I'm saying just decide before you listen to the other one. But there's no re- okay, there's no reason to do that. Everybody, listen to the other two on the next two episodes, and then decide. Okay. <sighs> yes. Anyway, let's turn to our other two contestants. Frank, what did you think of that? You're uh, you're our resident debate host. Uh, how was that for you? Uh, well, let me let me start by saying that was completely unprofessional. When I do a debate, I am not one of the debaters as well. I, it, it seems pretty backwards for the person hosting the debate to be one of the debaters who then decides that they won. I mean, that seems pretty unprofessional. Scape, how do you answer that charge? W- if Marcel had done a convincing enough argument, would you have given the debate to him? Absolutely. I am. T- look, I'm totally unbiased. The reason I chose myself as the winner is because I gave the best arguments. His arguments were stupid and they didn't make any sense. And they didn't go with the things I thought in my mind before I listened to him. So I immediately discarded them and said, that guy's wrong. That's why he didn't win. All right. Well, that seems that seems more than fair. Rory, you've now heard both Scape and Frank host debate shows. Which one of them do you think is better at it? Oh, that's, you know, that's a really good question. And it's a very tough question. Um, I have to admit, I think, you know, Scape is very good at it. That being said, I think Frank is is right, and he is a bit more professional of a host. Uh, Escape was, in that episode, caught off guard when uh, there was an expert. He wasn't expecting it, you know? Whereas Frank always seems to know what he's doing. So I, I don't think anyone should vote for Scape. Oh, my. Okay, well, that's pretty serious. Um, Scape, were you caught off guard by those experts? No, no, I was caught off guard by the second one, cause, uh, because, I, well, I, I mean, I, I knew about the first one, <laughs> if you know. But I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know that there was going to be a second one. So I was kind of like, how did this happen? But that being said, I think I'm a more professional because when I get unexpected things, I can just kind of roll with it. You know, I could just be like, hey, I, that's cool. I can deal with it. And I dealt with it pretty well and I still won. So that's true as well. That's true as well. All right. Well, everybody, next time you're going to hear another of the recast and wax shows. So hold off on voting. Do not vote yet. But hopefully you enjoyed that first installment. Um, Scape, before we move on to the next segment, I actually have a piece of email here, not for you, but regarding you. So can you do me a favor and stay awake for this? Dad. <laughs> I don't. I never fell asleep during the show. You do, and you did. You always kind of do. So 
All right. Well, listen to this email and then we'll see how you feel. Okay. Um, this is actually a letter addressed to the writer of a letter from last episode uh, regarding Rolodotototo. Uh, dearest Dr. Wittenholm, I will not take offense at not being invited to your seminar on Rolodotototo, as I assume you are only inviting people who agree with your point of view so as not to be challenged by differing viewpoints and have to ultimately concede defeat. However, I think that since Scape did not actually agree with your arguments, which were so long-winded that he slept through them, that he may in fact agree with my perspective on the lyrics. I hate to admit that I do concur with the first part of your analysis on the nature of evil and ignorant creatures being incapable of being evil as they do not have the capacity to intend harm. However, your argument is shot out of the sky and flops dead when you get to the part about the seagulls, whom you assume already have a moral compass. What? Are you mad, sir? The song is a tragedy because all of the animals involved are ignorant. What makes you think that birds have a moral compass? They have no idea there is a monster following them. Scape wishes he could tell them, but his physical limitations aside, it wouldn't matter if he told them because they would not understand. The only sentient beings with a moral compass in the song are the humans, and they are completely incapable of communicating with Rolododoto to tell him that and why he is causing harm. Therein lies the tragedy of Rolododoto. His crimes have no true perpetrator. They are all accidental and unintentional, with voiceless victims. As your seminar is open to the public, I will see you there to continue this discussion further. And I invite anyone else with an argument to come and speak with us about what you feel this song is about. And Scape, I would be honored if you would weigh in on this argument as well. Sincerely, Eleanor P. Schmidt, Chair, Philosophy Department, Elmira College. Scape, what are your thoughts on that? And you're still awake. Dad, of course I am. I take this topic very seriously. That's astounding, but that's excellent. Okay, well, what are your thoughts on it? Miss Schmidt. Or I should say Ms. Schmidt, because I do not know if you are married. I think uh, you're wrong. Here's why. You say that animals can tell right from wrong, but what about me? Did you think of that? Was that all you wanted to say? Yes, that's my whole argument. I, I'm an animal. I know right from wrong. I wrote that song. And I know that it's right to write that song. That's why they call it right, the song. Okay, well, then <laughs> that's all you... All right. So, but did you think the other guy was right? I fell asleep during that guy's letter, so I don't know. Okay, okay. Well, Ms. Schmidt, there you are. At this point, I will turn us over to the next serial in our show, which is going to be Chop Henderson Incarcerated. Uh, this is the second episode of the series. Hopefully everyone will enjoy it. Last episode we heard what Chop was doing in prison. Well, why don't we hear a little bit more about that? Chop Henderson Incarcerated. Episode 2, Resident Weevil, by Pete Bowers and Charles Berman. He once wrestled a convenience store clerk to a standstill while trying to buy scratch-off tickets without actually having to scratch them off. He defeated the cable guy who was trying to give him free cable. For what reason, we will never know. He also rode a ride while being under the stated height limit, endangering all those around him. He could only be one person, assuming that one person was Chop Henderson. After living three whole weeks in the box, the only assumption we can grasp onto is that he has become 
a better person. Magwith, I'm free! Where are my clean linens? But then again, I could be wrong. Really? I'm serious! I feel soiled in ways I can only say to my court-appointed psychiatrist. Your fresh clothing, sir. Thank heavens, Bogworth. I thought I would have to start wearing sackcloth from now on. Sackcloth, sir? Do you know what that is? No, sir. I went again! I, I, I can't... I can't believe I went again! That was the only thing keeping me alive in there! Oh, oh, oh God, I'm... Man, I... Oh, I could have eaten my own foot, but I feel fresh now. Okay, 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 all right, back on track. Here we go. So, um, Bogworth, where do we stand? Same old, same old, sir. And the same old means we're still in prison? Astute as always, master. I knew this place looked familiar, but what I was referring to was to my new position as top dog around here. I'm still the king of the prison yard, aren't I? That depends, sir. Depends? Depends on what? The new warden, sir. What, what, there's a new warden already? Appointed the next day, sir. What? These positions are typically not left vacant long, sir. Well, now everything I've done feels so much less productive. Blind obedience to authority, master. What? How will that help? I'm trying to kill the new warden, remember? Turn around, sir. Why would I turn around? It's you who I'm talking to about how I, Chop Henderson, that, that's me, of sound mind and body, am going to kill the new warden! Viciously! Publicly! Top doggedly! With malice of forethought! Uh, there, 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 there's a new warden behind me, isn't there? With all due respect, shut up, sir. Who would have imagined that when Chop Henderson turned around, he would have been confronted with a new warden? Certainly everyone. But who would have imagined she would be at least four inches taller than him and be the most intimidating woman since Hulk Hogan was a woman? Certainly not Chop Henderson. Wow! I gotta get you to help me kill the new warden! I've never met this man, madame. Well, well, well. If this isn't the man I was sent here not to be killed by, take the advice of your manslave, Henderson, and shut up! Wait, he's not my- Hey! What was that for? Is, is it because I keep talking? It is because I keep talking, isn't it? I'll take that as a yes. Okay, this is not a good way to get me not to kill you. I'm shutting up now. Got anything else to say? Well, not really. I guess, I mean... Okay, listen up, Henderson. And you too, weirdo. <laughs> That's the way I like it. Instant obedience. You may not think I look very intimidating, but if you don't, you're dumb. I've made a successful career out of not being killed so far, especially by people as stupid as you. You killed people. That's dumb. 
You got caught! That's dumber! You killed the warden on your first day in jail! That's... OFF THE STUPIDITY SCALE! BUT THE STUPIDEST THING YOU EVER DID WAS GET PUT IN HERE WITH ME! YOU THINK THE BOX WAS BAD? YOU THINK PRISON IS BAD? GO AHEAD! SPEAK! LOOK ME IN THE EYE! EVER! Ah, oh, Bogworth! These foolish female wardens! She thinks she can disarm me by flirting! You saw! She couldn't keep her hands off me! I suppose nobody can resist the charms of Chap Henderson! Um, uh, why aren't you agreeing with me, Bogworth? Sorry, sir. Stunned by what you said, sir. Like everyone who encounters my brilliance, Bogworth! But more pressing matters are at hand! We must find another way to reestablish my position as top dog! Hi, Poodle! Chief Chihuahua! No more impressive titles, sir. I have clearly no longer killed the Warden since the Warden is still alive! Any ideas, Bogworth? None, Master. You're completely useless! And now, Bogworth, to the Prisoner Activity Sign-Up Bulletin Board! Hey, Bog. Yeah? You go in the prison library book circle? I think the discussion on postmodernism with relevance to imperialistic structures or linguistic mediation experience should be real stimulating. What about you? Actually, I find that the book circle's puerile dependence on Foucauldian... He was talking to me, Bogworth, and proudly I declare that I am too busy doing important things for reading or learning how to do it. What? You, uh, never learned how to... Well, enough of this! As a self-appointed famous author, why should I need to know what's in other people's books? That's impressively solipsistic. Thank you. Wow, you're real adult, Pate. Finally, someone around here noticed. Well, if you allowed the state senate power structures to beat you into a state of complacent satisfaction with the vacuous entertainments provided to distract you from the harsh reality of your... Remember this, Valderall! See? I know big words, too. Three syllables. Nice. Anyway, if you don't like books, there's always vocational no. classes, cafeteria duties, no, no, sanitation no. engineer, daily no. exercises, chess, woodworking. No. You know, if time is money, then you owe me $34. Jeez, well, there's always the rodeo. Well, I never... Wait, what was that last one? The rodeo. Once a year, the prison puts on a rodeo exhibition for charity. It's to give us a chance to contribute into society while we's really just filling the coffers of highly suspicious international organizations that have lucrative deals for prison labor. Perfect! I can assert my main muddiness with athleticism. How much higher can a top dog be than when he's riding on a bull? Brilliant, sir. That's a very insightful satire on the simplicity of the power of dialect. Yeah, yeah, that's a very interesting, wordy talky guy. Now to the rodeo to find the bull and make him run around in circles with me on top of him. You know what I mean. Come on! Chop Henderson trained for the rodeo harder than any of the other prisoners who hadn't trained at all. He rode the mechanical bull, or would have if prisons had mechanical bulls in them. He tried to ride the warden for practice, but she practiced back on him. He spent five years in training, assuming we define five years as two days, since the rodeo was to be that Friday. Finally, the day had come, as Friday usually does. 
with stands full of people consisting of a makeshift circle of scruffy prisoners, Chop Henderson's turn had finally arrived. Well, Bodworth, time once again to display my greatness on absolutely everything. That time already, sir? Always. Is time happening? Constantly, sir. But it's that time! All right, Bodworth. Now, the best bull riding time is only four and a half seconds at this point, and I could beat that even if I was, I don't know, tied to a bull for five seconds. But merely staring out is for jumps. I, Chop Henderson, the greatest bull rider since the warden's husband, must have the most spectacular ride of the afternoon. And how do I do that? Enlighten me, sir. You! Stab the bull with this pen! Idiotic, sir. Idiotic like a fox! Wait, not now! Not now! Stop this crazy thing! And the next rider is... Chop Henderson! Whoa! Henderson, calm it down! Evidently, sir. Now, help me up into a sitting position. Uh, no, can, can you do it without touching me? And that was how Chop Henderson increased his warden-killing streak to two. I think it's safe to say he'll be in jail for a while. That means he'll still be there when you join us next time for Chop Henderson Incarcerated. <laughs> In that episode of Chop Henderson, Chop Henderson was Pete Bowers, Bogworth was Bailiff Fimby, Ralph was Charles Berman, Warden Gloria was Cheryl Casey, and Mark was Ed Jones. Thank you very much, Rory. Thank you very much. And I actually have a letter here for you, Rory, that I think might have a little bit to do with that episode. Oh, uh, that's unusual. Uh, yes, please, let's hear it. Uh, yes, it says, Dear Rory, my brother Matt mentioned he was involved in some case where he was representing a person who was suing you over a cactus. Need someone to defend you? Matthew Roma, lawyer. I don't see what that has to do with the episode we just heard. Well, because y if you are sued successfully, might you not end up incarcerated? No, I wouldn't, because he, obviously it's a civil suit, not a criminal suit. So I would just, I would end up paying some money. But often, if there's a civil suit for that, I mean, depending on what he's suing you for, but I'm going to guess it's probably a criminal charge as well. Well, I haven't been served a subpoena yet, so... There we are. Fine, fine. But, uh, Rory, uh, do you want to answer Matthew's question? Yes, Matthew, of course I need you to represent me. I've been trying to get in touch with you for days. Check your voicemail, for Christ's sake. All right, all right, good to know. So, hopefully, he will not become Rory Sinjin incarcerated. No, Jordan, I'm, I've already, first of all, I've already done that. Second of all, no, that's not going to happen again. I'm not going back to jail, not this time. No, you sound like you're going to shoot yourself. You did a public service announcement earlier that you should call a suicide prevention No, hotline. I'm not saying I'm going to kill myself. I'm saying this time I have the money, you know, 
I'm going to back this up. I'm going, and not to mention I'm, I'm innocent as well. In addition to having money, I'm also innocent. I, that's, well, that's for a judge or a jury to decide. And they will decide in my, look, just, I don't, look, I don't, let's not, I don't know why we have to talk about this. Well, I guess we don't. I guess we don't. Uh, we do have a few more emails here. Just so everybody knows, if you want to write into us, you can write in at castinwax at gmail.com. That's castinwax at gmail.com. In addition, Hey, do you use iTunes? First of all, I think iTunes is a great way to subscribe to podcasts. I listen to lots of podcasts, and that's how I listen to them all. I subscribe to them on iTunes. It automatically downloads them for you as soon as they're uh, available, stuff like that. That's how I subscribe. I would say if you don't subscribe to Cast and Wax through iTunes, that's that's fine, but it's a really convenient way to do it. I recommend it. But whether or not you subscribe to it on, on iTunes, either way, um, if you could pop onto your iTunes, if you use iTunes, and find Cast and Wax in the podcast directory and give it a nice rating and then give it a little review, I will be, first of all, thrilled. Second of all, I will uh, talk about your review on, on here. I don't see any new ones. Oh, wait, hold on. No, I'm wrong. No new reviews since last time. So why don't y'all pop on there and just do a quick review? You know, it it's fun and it's... Uh, helpful to us. Anyway, um, castingwax at gmail.com to send us a letter, and also feel free to send us an audio letter. We love those. So let's blaze through these letters. Um, I, a couple of them are addressed to me, so I'm going to have you guys read them to me, if that's all right. Um, Rory, can you read this one, please? Yes, of course. Dear Jordan, thank you so much for having my daughter's email on your podcast, and thank you to Frank Allen for doing such an excellent job. You are truly a talented voice actor. That actually hurt me to say that. Well, it shouldn't, because I, look, I was a talented, I was, I was, I acted in, um, what's it called? Decker and Hayes. I was very good in that. I was sinister. You're sinister in life. Anyway, look, uh, let's continue. I can't even tell you how excited she was to hear you reading her email, answering her questions, and even playing a song for her. Although she doesn't usually listen to the podcast, because she's five, I had to play that part for her. I also wanted to say that, although there is still much to do, I think the wiki is coming along well. I regret that I've been extra busy with work lately and haven't been able to devote as much time as I would like to to the task. I'll continue to find time throughout the week and add what I can. I'm not sure whether you're aware of this situation, but we might have a problem with people defacing some of the entries. I notice Scape White has a page, but it says Dog's Rule, and also mentions something about him not having any testicles, so we might need to do a little clean-up. Either way, I still think it's looking great and look forward to doing more work on it. I'm also excited about the new recast and wax series and Science Girl Cinnamon. Thanks, as always, to you and your excellent co-hosts. Here's to a great week for everyone, Steve. Thank you very much, Steve. And that sounds great. I'm, I have been working on the wiki as well. The wiki is coming along nicely. Uh, again, there's no link to it. Uh, well, there's no big link to it. There's a link, I think, in the show description of last episode, and I'll probably put one in the, in the link of this episode as well. But if you go to wax-work.com slash wiki, or if you wanted to, castandwax.com slash wiki, you will find... The wiki for Cast and Wax and for Waxwork.com. I have done a bunch of things. I've been adding some episode stuff. I've been adding some uh, some uh, series stuff. Other people have done some character bios. Other people have done some episode summaries of, of Epic Echoes. All sorts of fun stuff. So please, hop on there. You can contribute. It'll be lots of fun. Scape! Yes! It says that someone put on your bio on the wiki that dogs rule and that you have no testicles. That is... That is... I don't know who did that. Was it you? No, it wasn't me. Why would I do that? Well, then good, but you should fix it. I, well, I'm in the middle of doing other stuff. I, I don't know if I have time to go on and fix that right now. Well, then somebody else should. Guys, everybody who's listening, go on the wiki and find the Scape White page and take out the part where it says, A, that I have no testicles because I, I do have testicles. 
And also the part about dogs rule, because dogs don't rule, so you should fix it and put in about how I'm awesome and how I'm super cool and I sing really well and I'm smart and I can do anything I want to. So, that's what I need you guys to do. Well, you just lied to them about you having testicles. Dad! How many times do I have to tell you? Don't tell people about that. They've listened to the podcast. They already know. Well, d- just, 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 there's some things you don't talk about in, in public. Well, whatever. The point is, yeah, hop on the wiki. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Um, check it out and, and enjoy adding to it. It's a lot of fun. Frank, uh, can you read this uh, email to me? Of course, no problem. Dear Jordan, I wanted to write and thank you for the episode you did raising awareness of lamp eating. I'm writing today because I just discovered that a very close friend of mine has a problem with lamp eating, and I am not sure what to do about helping him. It started a while ago when we were playing D&D, and my friend's character started eating lamps to gain power, and then apparently he started doing it in real life. Since you seem so knowledgeable about the problem, I thought maybe you could advise me. Do you know if the organization calling for the abolishment of scarfing of kilowatts offers counseling or rehabilitation resources? Also, do you know if lamp eating is contagious? My friend had a bad cold recently and did not cover his mouth when he coughed, and he kind of coughed all over me. I stopped playing D&D because I'm too worried that our character traits will keep coming true in real life, but now I'm worried that maybe I'll start eating lamps too because my friend coughed his lamp-eating germs all over me. Is there a test or something I could get? Thank you for your help, and keep up the good work. Sincerely, Miranda. Thank you for asking, Miranda. Um... Let me say, we, oh, you know, I should have saved this for, for, for frank advice, shouldn't I? Well, yeah, that would have been nice of you, Jordan. But it is addressed to me. Well, here's the thing. I don't want to keep this person waiting. They've got a serious problem with a friend who, who's eating lamps. Uh, yes, please, you can get in touch with the, the um, organization calling for the abolishment of scarfing of kilowatts. They do offer counseling and rehabilitation services. That's their prime, in addition to raising awareness, they also, uh, those are their prime things that they do. So please, please get in touch with them at, um, what is their address? Is it, is it, is it just cask.org? I, you know, I'm not sure if it's .org or .net or, it's, I, I think it's one of them. I didn't remember which. Okay, well, you might have to Google it. But, uh, please, please get in touch with them. Your friend does need help, as, as, as um, as does anyone with that problem. So, please do. Regarding whether they can give you the germs like that, um, they can give you germs for lots of things. Primarily among them is a cold, if they had a cold at the time, but I don't think that it is a, a germ-based uh, lamp-eating thing. I'm pretty sure the lamp-eating thing is a learned behavior um, rather than a, a, a germ-based behavior. And it could, I think it can be based on chemical s- stuff that goes on in the brain, but I don't think it's ever affected by a, a virus, or at least not any virus or bacteria that we know about. So thank you for writing into us. So I'm sorry I didn't save it for Frank Advice, Frank, but I, I think she really needs this advice. Um, but if, if, if you do know, I did get one piece of email that is for Frank Advice, and I'm going to save that for you. Oh, please. Yeah, let me just mention, the show that I'm going to be doing is called Frank Advice. And please, 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 if you need any advice, and I'm talking about serious topics, just write into us. We'll make sure that uh, we, we give you the advice that you need and uh, send it to castandwax at gmail.com. If I don't get anything, I've got a plan for, for how to do this, but I do want to get real people's advice for real things. All right, well, we've got one more piece of email. Um, Scape, you should pay attention to this because it's not to you, but it is regarding you. Okay, sure. Uh, Rory, can you read it to me? Yes, of course. Hey, Jordan, I heard you had a couple of requests for Scapey to tell the story of Prometheus on Scapey Stories. I, too, am interested in the scary moral of this story, as I've seen it, and you probably won't for a while. I just wanted to let you know that I'd be happy to tell the story to Scape if it would please your listeners to hear it. Cheers, Lynn. That's from, of course, our good friend, Lynn Nelson. Well, uh, Lynn, that's really nice of you to, to say. I... I mean, I don't know. I, I, I figure I could just wait until it comes out on video or something, and then Scape and I can just watch it together. Yeah, but I could. She could tell it to me. Well, I mean, I, we'll see. I, 
Plus, right now you are doing Friday the 13th. I, I don't know. We'll think about it. I mean, there's also, oh, you know, Lynn, there's also the possibility we could do a, a special episode of Scapey Story where Lynn tells the story to Scapey and he is the listener and he's asking the questions about it. Because that's, I mean, that is, to be fair, that is one of the things you guys miss. When I tell the stories to Scapey, he has lots of questions for me. And it is pretty um, interesting to see how his mind works on those things. I, I don't record that because then you'd be hearing the story twice. But um, maybe we should do that, like a special where Lynn tells the story to Scapey and, uh, and then Scape doesn't ever have to tell it. But he could just interpret the scary moral for himself. Yeah, that would be pretty interesting. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see next time Lynn comes over. Maybe we'll do that. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to this. This has been an exciting episode of Cast and Wax in which we are recasting in Wax with the series recast in wax you heard the scape debate earlier today next time you will hear another show it will be amazing as our contestants now will say goodbye we shall say goodbye to mr roy sinjin toodaloo everyone mr frank allen see you later guys and mr scape white bye everybody that just leaves me my mr jordan d white and we will go into the distance of the horizon with you listening to a quickie ukulele cover i did of the song by the good natured called video voyeur enjoy be seeing you. I'm so tired, I'm so tired. I can barely see you moving. You better look alive. I hide behind the lights and I, 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 I say, oh, ah, ah. I'm so tired, I'm so tired. And I can see your body screaming. It makes me feel alive. My eyes all over you and I, ah, ah, ah. Uh-huh. I can see you follow you wherever you go, shining in the dead of night. I can see you picture you wherever I go, naked in the dead of night. Video voya, shining in the dead of night. Video voya, I can see you all the time. Video voya, naked in the dead of night. I'm so high, I'm so high. Wanna hear your body screaming? It makes me paralyzed. I'm so high, I'm hypnotized, and I, 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 I say, oh, I, I'm coming down. We are rolling one, two, three. See your body on the screen of my TV. I'm coming down. We are rolling one, two, three. Ah, 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 ah. I can see you follow you wherever you go, shining in the dead of night. I can see you picture you wherever I go, naked in the dead of night. Video voya, shining in the dead of night. Video voya, I can see you all the time. Video voya, naked in the dead of night. I need you, you are the one I want. Don't leave me hanging till the morning light. I need you, you are the one I want. Don't leave me hanging till the morning light. I can see you follow you wherever I go, naked in the dead of night. I can see you picture you wherever you go, shining in the dead of night. I can see you follow you wherever you go, shining in the dead of night. I can see you picture you wherever I go, naked in the dead of night. I can see you follow you wherever you go, shining in the dead of night. I can see you picture you wherever I go, naked in the dead of night. I can see you follow you wherever you go, shining in the dead of night. I can see you picture you wherever I go, naked in the dead of night.